Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome everyone. I hope you're well. I'm your host, Ben Lively, and you're listening to Shaken Awake, episode number 64. I wanted to thank you for tuning in with us today, wherever you are and whatever you may be doing right this very moment. Uh, It means everything to me to share the messages that God has laid on my heart to share with you. And as always, I promise you another great show. But more than anything, my hope for you today and always is that you have an actual encounter with the Lord, not just another uh, podcast episode. So a quick quick ask of you. Uh, If you find value in these episodes, would you take 20, 30 seconds after the show uh, just to give your uh, feedback, uh, just submit a quick review and maybe a star rating in in the app that you're listening to. This is what others look for uh, when deciding whether or not to give the show a listen. So I appreciate those that have already done so. Had some really amazing feedback and uh, it's more than appreciated, guys. Uh, I can't thank you enough. And also, you know, spread the word. Pass on a link to your friends or family or colleague that the, uh, the the Lord prompts you to send to. There's so many people, guys, that need to hear these messages and the scriptures, and God will see to it that it gets to them, you know, and, and then he'll do the, uh, the rest. So without further delay, let's get ready to invite God in with us right here, right now, and allow him to speak directly to your heart and minds. I'm going to take a break from our uh, current series that we're on on Jesus's uh, parables as I felt a tug from God to speak on a few topics before uh, we resume that series. Uh, with so much happening in the world around us today, I, I know that has to be the understatement of the century, literally. Uh, but with so much happening in the world around us today, I can... I can't help but reveal a few things that have been uh, revealed to me, and it's all backed up in the Bible, but I'm starting to really connect with what I'm seeing, hearing, and and feeling with what the Bible has warned us about over 2,000 years ago, and I just want to share them with you uh, for two reasons. One is to shine a light on what's happening, as well as to provide a what to do and how to do it uh, in these last times that we're in, and for those that say we're not in these last days, you know, that that's fine too uh, for no one knows the day or the hour except God fair enough so take this podcast message and just consider it with the same value as your life on earth as it is in the last days and hours so does it matter in the grand scheme of eternity which way you go out you know what 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 still holds true and what's happening all around us today and what the Bible has warned us about and what it's foretold uh, for us to do so today's topic is on you're now witnessing the great falling away. Now what? Okay, the Bible indicates that there will be a, a great apostasy during the end times. Uh, the great apostasy is mentioned in Second uh, Thessalonians 2.3, and um, the King James Version calls it the falling away, while the NIV and, and the uh, ESV call it the rebellion. Okay, and that's what that that is what is an apostasy. Uh, it's it's a rebellion. It's a uh, an abandonment of the truth. So the end times will include an across the board rejection of God's revelation, a further quote unquote falling away of an already fallen world. So let's let's um you know let's <laughs> let's face reality, folks. Right now, as of this very podcast, Roe versus Wade was re, uh, overturned by the Supreme Court literally yesterday in a, uh, a landmark decision that overturned what the devil created 50 years ago, and that was the legal killing of unborn but alive babies. And it doesn't even take 
a Christian to understand that taking a baby that's still inside the womb of its mother and murdering it by any means is evil and disgusting to the to the worst degree. Okay, heck, if, if most of the world knew that there were clinics in every state doing this to animals, right, or other inhabitants of the world, they'd lose their minds. But babies... Oh, no, that, that's a different story. So much so that many claim that because it's inside the mother, she should be able to pay to have her baby murdered while it's still inside her. By the way, most of whom are the same that said it should not be our choice to get the COVID vaccine. So there you have a vaccine and a decision that should not be made ours overruling the importance of having control enough to allow an unborn but alive baby murdered before it had a chance to live. Sound harsh? Sound evil? That's because it is. I don't have to say any more. There's no need to. Right? Murder is murder, and premeditated murder is premeditated murder. But guys, that, that's not even my point. Here's my twofold point just with this subject alone. Okay? Going back a hundred years and back centuries and centuries prior, this would have been and so taboo and rejected that anyone practicing abortion would likely have been hanged or uh, possibly even uh, labeled a, a witch. Uh, fast forward to now, we have people rioting and boycotting and to put it simply, losing their minds over the thought that there will be limitations to being able to pay a fee to have someone rip out and murder an unborn but alive baby. That is my first point. We're that sick, twisted, and evil. And, and just as Jesus said, it will be as in the days of Lot. I'll get to that in a second. My second point is we have an unusually significant amount of the so-called church that sides with pro-choice. So they're backing it up for a woman's right to pay to have her unborn but alive child murdered. The same one that God helped form and in the middle, no less, of him forming it in the mother's womb. They were going to be born on purpose for a purpose, God's purpose. But we are somehow to know better than him and prematurely kill it. That is how sick our world is right now. And if you're pro-choice and not pro-life, you cannot call yourself a child of God. You cannot and will not get that one past God. And since he looks at your heart, yours is black if you believe in pro-choice. That's not my opinion. That's biblical and godly fact. Same with those that proactively support LBGT. And many think a sign that they wear around their necks and that states, I'm a Christian that supports LBGTQIA, whatever, somehow convinces God to allow them into his kingdom in one day. You know, one day? No, he won't and he isn't. You're no better than they. You're one of those who's standing outside the ark making fun of Noah and his family while they build and then joining in with all the others doing the same. As it was in the days of Lot. We've got pressure now from the states and everything in between to allow drag queens. Let's just keep it simple. God and his word call them an abomination unto him. So to allow drag queens and then actively support them reading to our children in the school systems, the same school systems who ban the Bible, prayer, 
and removed God from the schools many years ago. Not, not too long from now, something like the Pledge of Allegiance and Star Spangled Banner will not only be removed, but permanently banned as well. I'm sure of it. What's right becomes wrong, and what wrong, what's wrong becomes right, just as the Bible predicted. I couldn't make this stuff up. Just in the day, just as in the days of Lot. Do you understand that God destroyed the earth with a flood because of the state of the world and the people in it? Yes, he promised never to do that again by way of flood. And by the way, his promise and love for us is why he literally created the rainbow, not as this universal sign for the abomination and evil known as homosexuality and pride. If he did that to the earth so many thousands of years ago because of how evil the earth is, and, and this is one of his revelations to me recently, that is why he already knew he was going to one day destroy the world again. This time, however, it won't be due to the flood, and it won't be temporary. It'll be as Jesus declared as it was in the days of Lot. Guess what, guys? We're there now. We've earned the day and hour he'll appear because of the, the evil in the world, not because it was a random choice by God. We're currently, at least in the United States, supposed to be dedicating this month to literally what the devil and a third of, of, of the angels were thrown out of heaven for, pride. And now we've got all celebrating Pride Month. If that's not a page out of the days of Lot and, and the cities of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, what else could be? We are literally supposed to be celebrating Pride and the things that are of the world and are an abomination unto God. And you have a huge professing Christian population. They're not Christians, by the way. Yeah, you heard me. They're not Christians, by the way. They're joining in as well. Because their eyes have been closed and shut along with the rest of the unbelievers. You know, and we thought Halloween used to be the devil's holiday. Now we're devoting an entire month to him as well. And just to give a quick verse uh, to give praise to God for settling this with the naysayers that might be even listening to the show. James 4.4 4, coming from the ESV version. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I believe that's what they call, enough said. But before we move on, another uh, revelation that I've been given is what's referred to, again, as the great falling away. We mentioned it in the beginning. Have you ever heard of it? So see if these scriptures that talk about it, I want to see if it resonates with any of you. 1 Timothy 4.1, 4, uh, 4, now the Spirit expressly states that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings, teachings plural, of demons. Hebrews 6.4-6, for it's impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they're crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Revelations 2, 4-5, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. He's talking about the love we have for God. Remember, therefore, 
from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, here it is. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So there's the OSAS uh, false doctrine being squashed, right? If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Hebrews 3, 12 to 19. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you any evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the, from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For those who were those who heard and yet rebelled, was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? Matthew 24, 10 to 13, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I see so much of this happening even within the church. Listen to this. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Think about that. 2 Peter 2, 20 to 22. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb said has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit after the sow, after washing herself, returns to the wallow in the mire. Talking about backsliders and, and the lukewarm. 2 Corinthians eleven three. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It's happening every day. And I'm seeing it in the Christian groups that I'm in. Last one, Romans 11, 19 to 22. Then you'll say branches were broken off so that I may be grafted in. That, that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, pride month, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. That is a powerful statement. It's not even over yet. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. Read it. Romans 11, 19 to 22. There are so many that don't read their Bibles, let alone those that do that, that, that can't understand the simple statement. It wasn't meant the Bible was not meant to be a riddle or a written that no one could understand it through the ages. It is plain and simple. You cannot say you don't know when he spells it out like that. I'm just reading it. So do these or do these not speak of the times that we're in right this very second? 
there's hundreds more scriptures that I've omitted, not because they lack power and wisdom and godliness, but, but, but for time's sake. Get in the word of God. If you're not, start today. For tomorrow is not promised to anyone. If anyone needs to hear this right now, okay, we're in the last days. We are seeing in front of our very eyes and on the screens of our devices the great falling away. Never, ever in the history of mankind has the world been as it was in the days of Lot except for those that were in the days of Lot. We're there right now. And I will say, we're worse. Why? We have more knowledge than they did. We have more wisdom. We have more history to show us what we what can and cannot happen. If mistakes are made, we should know better. We have the flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, many, many other historical events. It should be enough to show us what can and will happen. And so our worldwide society today is more advanced. And in every way you can slice and dice it. We should theoretically be the opposite of whom we've become today. But as God foreknew, he had a plan. He sent his son as the atonement for our sins and to allow direct fellowship with him and allow us to be saved by grace through salvation and resurrection through Christ Jesus. And so began our narrow path that was treaded down first by Jesus as he ascended up into heaven to be seated on the right hand of his father, our father. He treaded and trampled that narrow path that few find, and he gave us a way out and through into his kingdom. And now what we're seeing, ladies and gentlemen, is the pre-separation of the wheat, which is true born again and saved sons of daughters of God from the tares who are the unbelievers, the lukewarm, the backslidden, and those that he said, well, one day he'll tell the Depart from me. I never knew you. They are the ones today that Jesus described with such surgical precision when he said in Matthew 15, 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And oh my, it's said again in Isaiah 29, 13. It says, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Coincidence? Not a chance. Now look around again, figuratively and literally. Do you see it? Do you see the darkness all around us? Do you see and sense the great falling away? Let me see if you see the similarities as described in the Bible. Check this out. In Isaiah 5, 8 to 30, right? The prophet pronounces woes or judgments on Judah for their wicked behavior, okay? Judah had pronounced, uh, sorry, produced the bad fruit, okay, of unrighteousness. That's, that's what they called it, produced the bad fruit. And it was illustrated in the Song of the Vineyard in verses four to seven. So their wickedness even led them to proclaim that sinful things were good, which is why Isaiah exclaims, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's verse 20. Light and darkness are opposites, which just adds to the uh, uh, significance of the men of Judah calling evil good. 
And a major um, a problem in Judah during Isaiah's time, it was widespread drunkenness, okay? So people would wake up early. I know this is hard to believe. People would wake up in the morning to drink alcohol and continue it long into the night. More on that in Isaiah 5.11. So instead of respecting the deeds of the Lord, they revealed in their sin and drunkenness, that's verse 11 and 12, they did not see their sin as wickedness. And instead, they called their evil good. So a world in rebellion against God, just like we have today, will have a real skewed perspective and will embrace a chaotic morality. There's still many people today who who still call evil good and good evil as they promote behaviors, right, that the Bible specifically calls sinful, as we just described. But a few... But, but there are many. The celebration of homosexuality and the defense on abortion on demand, they're usually accompanied by a mockery of those who value life and promote traditional marriage. Evil is being called good, and good is slandered as evil. So apart from God, our value system will always become disorderly. And we begin, and we have been, to confuse sweetness and bitterness, right? Light and darkness, and good and evil. And as a society, we've labeled biz, uh, biblical morality as intolerant, quote unquote, and oppressive. You know, we've also somehow taken offense at the truth that Jesus is the only way to salvation, as it states in John fourteen six, which says, "Light has come in." to the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Sorry, that's John 3.20. So calling good evil and evil good is a sure sign of spiritual wickedness at work. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. That's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Paul warns that the intensity of the spiritual battle will increase. He says there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, I know this is going to be hard to believe, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, uh, unforgiving slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of, of, of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. So everything from you know idol worship to evil being called good and good evil to being lovers of money and self to de denying our Savior just as bad, honoring him with our lips but not our hearts to just rejecting what little of God is still publicly worshiped as we're in the days of Lot. Guys, it's right now. As I always say, don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Literally. So before I conclude today's message, I want to shine God's light on his words for us on how and what we are expected to live like and do in these, in these last days that we're in. Notice he always gives 
warning and prophecy, but the way out, I love it. Just like he said he would. Man, God is good, amen? So that I keep my opinions at bay, I want to stick to uh, what God says only. And I know many do not read their Bibles, so I take great pleasure in reading aloud from it. So here it is, straight out of God's playbook, the Bible for you and me. Here's, here's how to do it. James 1 to 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Revelations 3.11, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. James 5.19-20, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And the last, but certainly not the least and not the only, is 1 Timothy 4.16. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. What teaching? The word of God. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Amen. So before we wrap up, I just want to encourage you all to reflect on this message. Take an inventory on where your heart is at. Where we are in these last days, also where to keep watch, how to endure the race and finish in order to receive your crown. And for those of you that say, we're not in these last days, or, or those of you that may be thinking, I have more time to get right with God, I say to you, tomorrow's never promised. And I will remind you, and I will leave you with this final verse. It's James 4, 13 to 15. Come now, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So the only question that will remain is, what will you do? So before we end today's show, I just wanted to thank you all again for tuning in. I hope you were touched by today's message in scripture. And if you'd like to reach out to me, please call me directly at 407-493-3208. You can email me at ben at shaken-awake.com or check out the show at shaken-awake.com. Until next time, take great care of yourself and each other and God bless you all. Thank you.